Welcome to the My Curious Colleague Podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. Today, my guest is my colleague, Angelo Fields, Vice President of Marketing at Cleveland Kitchen. So hello, Angelo, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Denise. How we doing? Good to hear from you. Great to be here. Oh, I feel like I won the lottery. I really do. (laughs) That makes one of us. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I should tell the audience that, you know, Angelo and I both hail from the exotic city of uh, the Philadelphia suburbs. So he has endeared himself to me, and I'm, I'm grateful to have a, a fellow Philadelphian in the Cleveland area. No, I, no I still less. carry the banner proud. Uh, yes. Probably more yeah. than most. Absolutely. Absolutely. So while I know you fairly well, let's uh, talk to our colleagues a little bit about yourself, what you've been doing, and. Uh, and, and anything else you feel we should know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you gave me the title, but I, I've been with Cleveland Kitchen now for about only about four months. So super, super recent transition. Um, we are across four categories. We make sauerkraut, kimchi, pickles, and dressings. I'd say like our key positioning and differentiation is really around like fresh and fermented. Um, that's really what sort of we stand for. If you look across all the categories, it's really sort of that red thread that pulls itself across. Um, and then across like a majority of our products, almost all we are raw and unpasteurized. So you really get the full probiotic of probiotic effect, um, of the products that you, uh, that, you know, that you consume from us. You know, we always say in food, like taste is King. We want to stand for that, you know, that fresh, that crunch, that all the great sensory experiences you get from our products. But right. from a health standpoint, um, that raw and uh, and unpasteurized really helps with the probiotic and get you the sort of ma- maximum health benefit uh, out of our products as well. So that's what I've been doing for the last four months. If you want some you know further background, I'm happy to provide it. But that's that's what I'm doing currently, and really excited by it. Yeah, so am I. They're lucky to have you. I'm not one to promote products just because my guests are from a certain company, but I have tried, um, you, I think I told you your red cabbage and red beet. Yeah. Red, yep. exactly. Beet red. Yeah. Yep. Beet red sauerkraut is, is it, to me, like just from a total sensory perspective, beyond just the taste, just the I visual know. is the mo- one of the most yeah. beautiful products. I think yeah. that and the, and the, um, the classic kimchi are just the two, like just beautiful visual products that add like such beautiful pops of color to, you know, yes. I feel like we make you half a professional chef because like if you add these things, purely raw, uncooked, just as toppings, like you can impress some guests like pretty easily, which which <laughs> makes me, you know, really excited and proud. I just had a turkey sandwich and just had that as a side and it elevated the entire lunch and I felt good about it. It was so beautiful. You're right. The color, that visual, right? You always eat with your eyes first. Um, and so I want to venture into kimchi. So before we get into consumer care, just help yeah. me understand the product just a little bit better. Yeah. Kimchi, I know, is hot. Probiotics, hot. 
all really hot trends. I'm not sure I fully understand kimchi. Still fermented cabbage. It, it hails okay. from South Korea versus sauerkraut. Now, if you really want to go in the history of sauerkraut, I think a lot of people think sauerkraut is European and, and that definitely our American experience, it would come from, you know, our European American friends, but it, it actually or originated in China uh, in about like um, third century BC and then made its way to Europe. Um, and then kimchi is obviously South Korean or Korean. And the products are very similar in terms of the base, right? They are fermented cabbage at their core. Yes. Um, sauerkraut is generally just the fermented cabbage. And then you would add flavors, um, caraway, garlic, whatever it might be like in that process. Right. Um, kimchi is probably has a more rigorous or like rigid definition around. Yeah, there would be like potentially fish sauce and spice. Um, but ours is ours is vegan. So um, the, the products are very similar. At their core, they are fermented cabbage um, and various spices across, uh, you know, across the products. Okay. Um, so I'll have to venture into that and give that a try. All right. So I know that when we had our pre-chat, I was telling you, oh, I started this series and I had um, my, my new friend Parker on and he was talking about his emerging brand, which is a functional food. And we had agreed, I'm going to follow him and his consumer care journey because, you know, that's yeah. my bailiwick. So this isn't quite that series because you you all at Cleveland Kitchen, is it the Cleveland Kitchens or just Cleveland Kitchens? Cleveland Kitchen. We start off as Cleveland Kraut because that was the category in which we sort of, you know, sort of grew out of. Um, right. But when we sort of, when we built Expand. out into other categories across pickles, across kimchi, across dressing, Obviously, kraut wasn't sufficient enough, so we are we are Cleveland yeah. Kitchen now. Okay, I'm glad I made that clarification. Um, you're a little bit further along, from my understanding. So, let's touch on what's cooking today in your what you know consumer care. Uh, let's broadly define that modern day customer service or consumer relations. It's how you care for consumers when they contact the company with yeah. a comment, question, praise concern. So that's just a level set, everybody. Um, so as we go through kind of what you currently have set up, maybe you can reflect back if you know of any history um, yeah. and pepper pepper in the conversation with that. You know, the mainstay of big food consumer care is this toll-free number. And when that became available, like they thought the world, you know, we all thought the world would was just opening up and we could connect with consumers. What I understand looking at your packaging and your website is you guys don't have one. And I'm not being smart, Alec. I right. just really would like to help our audience understand maybe a little bit about that thinking. Um, if that's on your roadmap, if it may never be on your roadmap. So let's talk toll-free numbers. Yeah. So I, I, I can't speak to all of the thinking that may have gone into it. I don't know if it was as purposeful as maybe like you might, you know, as you looking at someone objectively looking at a package saying, oh, they don't have this. You know, you might think, oh, that was like a conscious decision. I, I probably don't think it was. I think, you know, when you when you Google us, like you basically find the facilities, right? And so you can call the facilities and that and we do have prompts. So they act a lot in the way a toll-free number would work, right? You would call a number, whether it's a 216 number or whether it's our Sonoma um, facility number, and you would get a series of prompts and you could go through them and sort of experience it like you typically would. Um, and that has been sort of something that we, we do care about. We want to look professional, right? I don't think you want to look like you're a mom and pop where, um, it doesn't, it doesn't look, you know, at the highest level of, 
you know, what a great CPG organization would look like. Um, I think the way we grew and even to this day, you know, has largely been digital, even though we aren't a direct to consumer brand, a lot of the digital tools are free, right? Like it's free to set up an Instagram account. It's free to set up a Facebook account. It's free to set up a Twitter account. Anytime where, when you're a, hey, and to your point, like, I don't think we're a pure startup anymore. We've had some, some pretty good success, but anytime that you can like be really efficient by leveraging free products to interact with consumers, I think that's a great way to go. Um, I don't know what like toll free numbers cost. I don't know what like a, you know, a, a true good phone system would, would run. But, you know, again, I think the tools that we have at our disposal generally have been sufficient to this point. Um, and that's just the way it's sort of like, so I would say it grew more organically than it's been like, yeah. oh, purposeful decision making around like, let's avoid a phone number because, because then we have to manage or something like that or, or, or put, you know, people behind it. I don't think it was as maybe as purposeful or as conscientious huh. as, as maybe you, as an, as a, as an objective person would, would think. Right. And I think that's, that, that's an aha right there. Um, would you say with your digital channels, we'll just stay in digital for a second. You've got social media, I think I heard in there. So mm-hmm. you have a strong, um, again, another beautiful food forward postings that you guys have with recipes. So that it feels like there's like this recipe content as well, as well as product content. Um, who would answer if I went on today and reacted to one of the posts or just posted on Facebook or um, to Cleveland Kitchen? Uh, who's, who would answer that? Yeah. So we have a community manager, again, a lot like uh, by some of my former roles. So we do have a community manager and she handles anything where I would say it's like really in like the, the, the posting world or the engagement world, right? Like, okay. you know, liking, engaging, answering, like, you know, um, yep. sort of getting in conversations on Twitter, like that, that person, she has like sort of a unique expertise in that community management world, which I think we've probably talked about is like probably separate from when someone is calling to like complain or, or even give praise, right? Cause even the praise doesn't typically come through like, you know, in the same way via social media as it might, you know, via a web intake form. So we sort of separate those worlds. I think in a perfect world, they would sort of talk to one another in terms of not in terms of the people, the people obviously can talk to one another um, in terms of the systems talking to one another, but, but they don't, they're simply like separate systems that we haven't, um, we haven't been mature enough or prioritized enough to say, oh, these things really need to talk to one another, talk to one another. I think there's probably um, just higher priorities at, at this stage in our you know, brand journey, you know? Yeah. And again, for those just tuning in, I'm not here to uh, to judge companies sure. on their journey because, you know, my experience has been um, a couple of large CPG companies and, uh, you know, you can, they've been around longer, so there's more, you know, need I go on. So not here to judge, but I'm going to probe a little bit more. Of Ratings and reviews. I believe you have that on your website. Yes. Um, now, is that something new? Having um, that available, or the the um, the the website um, the website reviews have always been, have always been there. I think where where we try to put a little bit more rigor was around the syndication. Again, that comes from sort of our background, right? Where that is a key, um, like 
like a key tool, the tool in the toolkit, right? Where you want to have, if, if you get a review on, you know, Walmart or on like a sort of a, whether it be from a campaign or whatever it might be, you want to make sure that it gets it as many different places as possible. So you see that volume, especially at retail. So I don't know if the website reviews specifically are like the most important thing, especially in a non D to C business. I don't really know how much, like, honestly, this is probably what I should know. I don't think we get like a ton of website traffic because again, most people come to websites in a CPG world, non D to C for information, like yeah. what's in the product, where do I buy it? Um, but when, but the retail experience is more important for us, right? We want to make sure when someone's on walmart.com, on target.com, you know, on Publix, that they see the yeah. best possible information about our products. And yeah. that's where we sort of prioritize, um, yeah. you know, all of that information. So yeah, website, we have them, but they're maybe not as like robust as, as some of our, you know, retail partnerships. Yeah. Even if they, like, what's the, uh, like, you know, ro like re robo that research online buy offline, even if they don't, even if they don't complete the purchase, like through the site, we yeah. want to make sure that the information is, is like as good as it can be there because, um, sponsored search, you know, all these different tools that like that, uh, sort of make you pop, um, in that world yeah. is, are important, obviously. Yeah. Who would answer? All right. Now answer the same question. Who yeah. responds to a rating review if someone had, you know, they probably didn't store something properly, you know, could have been a user error maybe, but if they post something that, you know, they have a, we'll call it a concern. Who's yep. responding to that? Your community manager? Area? No, that's the thing. So that's that, that. Those are the worlds that we sort of separate. So like the true, what I would say, like customer service world. Even oh, though that's somebody else, it, yeah, that is someone else, and it 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 is sort of purposeful because um, that person was handling like the phone lines. They were handling the web intake form on the website, so it it seemed natural for them to handle ratings and reviews as well, because like for the good ones, we want to say, Hey, thanks. And continue that journey. Hey, follow us or Hey, check out this product. If you like this product, check this product out. So we want to continue the conversation if they're doing that. And we can generally speaking, like template those where it's like, okay, it was four or five, say this. It was two to three, say this. If it was one, say this. And we can sort of templatize that um, a little bit more. Whereas I, I think the social space can be a little bit more whimsical, can be a little bit more fun, can be a little bit more, like, hey, like, say whatever you want, not say whatever you want, of course, but like, you know, like, let, let the conversation go where it may, because right. that's the world. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel like in, you know, ratings and reviews, if someone takes the time to do that, you should probably like, you know, take the, you know, it should be more of like a defined path. Same thing if someone calls, same thing as if someone emails. Um, we want to give those people the, like the sort of the more templatized tools to make the best possible, like make, a, make, you know, a wrong or right or, or continue the right being more right, however you want to frame that up. So that's, that, that's, that's sort of what we, what we've done. Yeah. That's totally cool. We're like legacy defines where you're heading. It doesn't mean you have to come in and like those two worlds have to be merged at all. They are two different skill sets. Now Yeah, there's different ways to um, arm people with the other skill set. Um, normally it's like the customer service, you lean on, lean in on their writing skills, understanding the brand. Uh, what is that called? The brand persona or the brand voice. So I think I mean, there's yeah, definitely yeah, ways yeah. to cross over. No rush there though. No rush. <laughs> but that ratings and review, just happy that, you know, that it's available because people used to think, 
because I've been at this for a while, that consumer care, you know, it's a little stodgy, right? It was just like that one channel and email at one point. But now we get involved in that customer, that purchase journey. Not It's not just consumer care is talking to somebody after the purchase predominantly, you know, with a question, concern, you know, they're part of that research uh, process, ratings, reviews, and you want to see what the company sa- says about such such and such. So um, gold stars to you. <laughs> yeah. Platforms. This is a tricky one because even my colleagues I talk to, who's moving off of this one? Which one's shutting down? Which one, you know, there's, honestly, I, I'm not so sure there's one tool out there that captures the data, then aggregates it, gives the sentiment and the reporting. So just setting that up there. Talk to me about how your platforms supporting consumer care. What's it currently? Where where is it evolving to? Anything you yeah. can just share there? Yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 to your point about like not everyone doing everything. Like I always ask the vendors, like you know, who's your competitive set and what makes you different. I ask every vendor that, no matter if it's customer care or consumer care yeah. or other areas of digital, like like. Who's your competitive set? What makes you different? I ask every vendor that because I, I feel yeah. like there are so many options out there and so many solutions, you can't make sense of any of it. And then there's different like pay levels to it, right? Like uh, I, for the basic, you get this. And for the advanced, I'm like, you can't keep yeah. it all straight. It's impossible. Um, we use, right now, we use a solution called Front. I, I think uh, it's an aggregator, right? It, 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 it takes all your web intake form contacts. It takes your social content, like social direct messages, um, and it's, it's simply that it's simply an aggregator to like give a person a platform, like a one-stop shop to be able to read the, the contacts and respond to them and prioritize them in a way that makes sense to them versus having to go to, you know, the web intake form, having to go to Facebook, having to go to Instagram, having to go to all these different areas. It just, it, it allows them just to sort of a one-stop shop for it. it, and it but it's not a true CRM system, right? It's not, uh, it's not firing, you know emails as like a like a newsletter we have that separately purposefully um yeah it's not it's it's it doesn't have like to me like um again you could i'm sure i'm sure you can pay for infinite capabilities but the the version that we use that makes sense for us is a very to me like a very basic you know contact aggregator is the way i would call it okay and that's working got it so having having said that it's maybe not as easy then to pull out because you always hear about storytelling and the insights and you do want to, you know, play that back to the marketers, which is you in this case, um, yeah. which is yourself. So is that something on your roadmap, a learning roadmap to, to easily see what some of the feedback is or is Perhaps. the contact volume low right now? Yeah, it's low. That's the thing. Like, I think, I think it's low and I think we have other sort of internal ways to um, like, you know, put some quant behind it. I, again, like uh, it's, it's going to be manual. It's going to be a manual lift, but based on the, 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 the bandwidth, like you said, like the contacts aren't crazy. So like based on the bandwidth um, that person has the ability and time and resources to be able to like build some sort of manual reports around um, there were X, you know, contacts about mushy or there were X con- contacts around, you know, maybe like a storage issue, whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, at this stage in our journey, like a lot of the sort of storytelling or reporting or is more manual, but I think that's okay 
at this stage. Maybe it, again, that capability will be more important later, but right now I think right. I think it's I think it's solid. Got it. Again, we're not judging. <laughs> no, of course Are you not. You're grading yourself. Course, it's trade-offs. Series life is a series of trade-offs, whether it's professional well, or personal, it's trade-offs and that, that that's a trade-off right now. Let's play a game now. Okay. The game is uh if I were to give you unlimited amount of money mm-hmm. for a um, consumer care consultant slash expert, if you will, and related tech, like a tech yeah. stack. What would you wish for? Yeah, um, I, yeah. I don't know if it's a money thing. I don't know if it's a technology thing. Um, what I would wish for is like, how do I give every consumer that takes the time to contact us, whatever the channel is, right? Whether it's social, whether it's phone, whether it's intake form like the most customized bespoke experience possible. I told you earlier, I was like, some of these things are templated, right? If you give us five stars, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, thanks for the great review. Come follow us on social or check out this product. And and if you see a bunch of those in a row, like you're going to be like, well, that's either a template or it's a robot that's that's, that's spitting that back. And that's just the limitation that we have. Uh, one, you want to like sort of empower your people to be able to do whatever, but you also want to like put some guardrails on it. And that's a, that's a balance, right? When I think about like great consumer care experiences, I think American Express, American Express to me as like the best cons- consumer care in the world. I feel every time I contact American Express, I am, I'm going to, my issue is going to be resolved. Whether it's like the, exactly the resolution I want, yeah. I don't know, but it's like, it, it will get resolved. And I feel like they will truly treat me as a like a, a human and as an n of one versus like you are part of this aggregate or the part of this group that has an american express card right. um so so again wow. i don't know if it's a technology thing or if it's a money thing but how do i make at least make the consumer feel like they are an n1 they are a human and they are getting a bespoke custom response yeah. versus like a template or a um, yeah, like a, te- yeah, versus a template. And so yeah. th- I don't know how to do that, like a- at scale, right. you know, maybe there's AI solutions or I don't know, but like, that's, I'm that's sure. sort of where that would be what I would yeah. wish for. So I think what you're wishing for is like a dream. No, not a dream. It's not a dream. It's a vision. You have a very specific vision. In fact, even the word you're using to describe it is very customized. The word bespoke. I love that word. Um, so in other words, kind of whatever it takes to get you there is what yeah. is what yeah. we could if i could you. make that up from from like yeah. magic or scratch i would yeah right okay got it all right now i have two questions i ask everybody at the end um the first one is if someone wants to learn more about cleveland kitchen give us a good social media handle or website or where would you want them to go yeah, I would I would check the, the website. I think ClevelandKitchen.com. Like, I think that's where you would learn most about like the products, the product, actual products that we make, the flavor profiles, and then where to get them. Because I just think, and then you would have our story too, right? The background story I think is a really good one. It is a story of like family. It is a story of like um, sort of that like the feel good stuff that like I think yeah. makes behind the brand really cool. So I think the website's a great place to go, and then you can find social from there. But I think the web ClevelandKitchen.com is a great place to. Uh, to learn more about the brand, learn more about the products. Um, Cause I think it's a yeah, great story in general. Next question. And final question is, um, do you have a nonprofit organization you'd like to give a shout out to? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so cool. I am a benefactor of uh, the Evans Scholar Foundation. They, um, 
since 1930, I believe, they've been giving um, college scholarships to uh, to caddies who are great uh, at caddying, great uh, academically. And so um, there are Evan Scholars houses at 12 of the 14 Big Ten schools, including my own. I am a double dip alum of one of those Big Ten schools. And so I love supporting Evan Scholar because I was a caddy. I love golf. I play a ton yeah. of golf and it supports the Big Ten. And the Big Ten is sort of like the heart of the Evan Scholar program. So um, yeah, if you like love golf and wherever a caddy or anything like that, and you want to learn more, then yeah, I would check out the Evan Scholar Foundation. They're based out of Chicago. Very cool. How <laughs> to work golf into this thing somehow. I know. Too funny. Classic. Anyway, thank you again, Angela, for taking time out of your, I don't mean, what is this Thursday evening to chat with me and my, and my uh, colleagues, your colleagues now. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. It was, really, it was a lot of fun. I knew it would be. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague Podcast with Denise Benito.